Welcome to episode two of We Don't Believe in Beatles, the post-Beatles podcast. Each week we explore a solo album by a Beatle from the point of view of me, Jess, and him, Cameron. We've largely never heard these albums before. Fortunately, our friend Jack... Hello! ...is here to guide us through the very terrain. This week is Paul McCartney's first album from 1970, titled... McCartney! McCartney. Where'd he get that one? (laughs) So being our resident expert... Jack, give us a bit of background on this record. Like, it was coming out right around the time the Beatles were breaking up. Uh, what was the deal? So, literally, the famous interview or the press release from the interview was just seven days before this when it said, it reads, Paul quits the Beatles. Okay. The so, big headlines. Yeah. So, it was like, it wasn't an official end to the Beatles. People already knew it was sort of the end already. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was living up on his farm or whatever. And yeah, and that was like big news and everyone was very pissed off about this, like everyone else in the Beatles is themselves. So John was not a part of this, aside from being, aside from the fact that they had friction, John didn't, he didn't quit as well. It was Paul quitting the Beatles that led to the Beatles breaking up. Yeah, but everyone had already basically quit. Okay. And it just wasn't official yet. They were going to release... Even Ringo. <laughs> but he what got the a... hell do you have against Ringo? <laughs> he got all his joy out in Sentimental Journey. I thought he'd be keen to push on. I know. But that's kind of the... Looking back, that's kind of, I guess, the... It seems a bit unfair because Paul kind of took the flack for... Like, John had already quit and Paul was really upset about the whole thing. Yeah. But he was the only one who kind of went to the press and went... Uh, well, I think the Beatles is over. Or right. kind of, you know, I don't know if this is going to be temporary. But, like... Ringo's like... Bye bye, Blackbird. Bye <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but people took that as people interpreted that as him wanting to promote his solo album and right. being like, "Oh, Paul doesn't care about the Beatles; he's just interested in this." And, and it's abundant listening to this album that he had there was no no interest no, in promotion. He didn't give a fuck. No, at all. Totally. We'll get to that. You know. And bear in mind as well, before this, uh, I mean, give peace a chance. Uh, John Lennon's was that was in like. That was beginning of 69, no, not beginning, but 69 as well. But so that's like, already come out by this point. Yeah, like, Give Peace a Chance, Cold Turkey and Instacarma had already been big singles that John Lennon had released separately. From okay. Beatles. So it was already unofficially official that, that the Beatles up. were broken up. So then Paul just got all the slack because he just sort of said it Started in an interview and mm. whatever. Is, is John, do, they, do those songs come out in albums? Are we going to get to delve into those singles? At no. Time? No. no. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's why I thought it was good to mention them as, as, because they're all great songs. Sure. I mean, Give Peace a Chance is, you know, is what it is. Sure. But Cold Turkey and Instacama are both like Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Classic. <laughs> Stone Cold Turkey classic. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, also, it also is quite mad to think how important like the press release from a member of a band was in 1970 compared to what it is now like mm. yes yeah, that's that's front page news front know, page like, news and everyone was waiting the Beatles. yeah awaiting with bated breath for like the next step for these people and they were all keeping it secret because some of the members were angry with paul because it it harmed it, it potentially impeded the impact of let it be because everyone knew that the Beatles had broken up right so this is still pre-let it be yeah, like by a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah, it was. like okay. a month or less yeah. than a month. With with Let It Be as well, they tried they tried to push McCartney's release date back right. after Let It Be, right. 
But then they, why didn't they do that to, to Ringo? Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> Maybe they didn't see Sentimental Journey's album sales hurting. <laughs> threatening. <laughs> Let It Be. I mean, call me crazy. I'm sure probably Ringo's mum bought it instead of Let It Be that week. Well, she did uh, say he has a very nice voice. Apparently so. Why didn't we, why didn't we hear more of it then? But the, the single Let It Be had already been out by this point. Oh, yeah, but that's right, because then um, Spectre re told it for this album exactly yeah, so George okay. Martin was the original single mix yeah so Paul McCartney made he retired to Scotland or went to Scotland and quite upset quite upset yeah. a bit sad by the sounds of it um, with Linda right with Linda with the, the lovely la, 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 lovely Linda exactly mm. and opening track they're referencing that is <laughs> and uh, made this album yeah I guess the songs probably had kicking around for a while or yeah there's um Junk was is a demo on the newly released uh, a couple of years ago, the White Album, oh. uh, and it's like a demo version. Right. Well, that, that is something that, that right. is something I noticed with this record is that it's the closest in my mind to the White Album of all the Beatles releases. It doesn't come quite there in in a lot of ways, but it, it has that kind of fragility about it that some of the White Album does have, and, and experimentation even, as well, and experimentation totally, and in some of the more kind of quirky. Although it doesn't have, I, I found that this is really lacking. Paul's general kind of cheesiness in a lot of ways. I, I, I did note sincere. it down. I, I, I wrote down at one point that uh, um, there's a part in Ooh You, a bit kind of mid, halfway through the album, where it's the first real, like, I feel like I'm listening to my dad give a speech sort of embarrassment. Uh, when he goes, and it took a good five songs. To yeah, get exactly. Yeah. When he says, uh, talk like a baby, gully gully goo. <laughs> You know, he didn't need... Talk like a baby? Is that the line? Yeah. And then he talks like a baby. I think so, yeah. Oh, I get it, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, there's not... there's It's not devoid of it, but I feel like it's there's less... And I love that side of Paul. I really do. Right. Well, I have a prediction, kind of Jess, that we're going to get quite a lot more of that in the upcoming yeah. Kisses on the bottom seems like one that might be... I don't want to speak ahead of, uh, ahead of time here, but I think we might be getting some Paul cheese. <laughs> some bottom cheese. I'm excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... It feels like an album that was so. So let's let's talk about the initial reaction from the press at the time too. So, it was not loved, to put lightly. It wasn't at all, no. But like, obviously, I mentioned uh, John Lennon's singles, so it's like sort of got to live up to that in some respects as well. Mm. But also, Paul, you know, got he was sort of the brains behind Abbey Road, mm. especially like the second side of Abbey Road. Is that so he got that's a, a medley? Of, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Mainly the medley that he got the praise for, and which, yeah, is all him, really. Right. Uh, so it's so quite he, a high standard. Exactly. And then, like, let it be the song, I, I, I assume everyone had heard it by this point. Mm. And, like, then he just more recently, at that point, you know, like, Hey Jude, and, like, all these, you know, banners, these classic. Right. Hey Jude was that late? I, I think Hey Jude was, like, 69. It was fairly right. recently, anyway. Right. Uh, so yeah, all these like classic Paul songs. So he's got a lot to live. To. People expected a lot from Paul. Mm. People thought Paul was going to be, if anyone was going to be successful after the Beatles, totally. People assumed it was going to be Paul. He had such an identity in the Beatles, as far as like you just knew it was his stuff whenever it came on. Mm. I but. find I find that weird that this is just what I've read and whatever that people thought you know Paul mm. was sort of the main not necessarily the main guy but like the one that would be most successful but that's weird seeing it from now because I don't know now you look back and everyone knows John Lennon well because of his death I guess it's, it, yeah, it yeah. was a little bit of a I'm not saying he wasn't incredible but it, you know there was a little bit of a martyrdom there as far as like you know 
lost potential of what could have been yeah, sure. mm, yeah. even greater. Yeah. I mean, would it have been different if uh, if John Lennon had released a song of one minute of him running his finger around the rim of a glass and called it Glasses? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to let let um, Father Time be the judge of that. <laughs> Look, I think on the whole, it just it feels like it feels like an album that was doomed to fail. It like there was no way that it would have ever kind of stood up to what people had expected. And I even think choosing to call it McCartney is like. I feel like when artists call something a self-titled record, especially when it's after they've already released other material, it's kind of saying, this is the best example of who I am as an artist. It, that mm. is kind of the implication for me. And uh, it doesn't seem like that was his intention. He just was like, oh, it's called McCutney. But, <laughs> well, I guess, it, yeah, but, I guess it's his first album off the Beatles. Sure. It's just like, well... It makes sense, yeah. yeah. But, um, but it, you know, if people were expecting that, they probably would have been quite disappointed. Whereas, yeah, so I guess if we come to opinions... Uh, I fucking love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 just a solid album. Yeah, mm. like in you can see at the time why people would not sure appreciate it. I guess because he he played everything on it, right? Yeah, from Linda's. Yeah, apart from he didn't, yes, he didn't oh, sing Linda's I voice. D- I want to ask you about that. Actually. Okay, well, well, here I go. It's ask away. <laughs> all right, a three, two, one, and ask. So, what do you think of uh, Linda McCartney's vocals? Oh, Linda McCartney's vocals. Uh, Linda McCartney's vocals. You say. <laughs> um... <laughs> I really like them. I mean, to be honest, they didn't stand out that much. I didn't feel like it was littered with Linda. Like, yep. um, like I guess, I guess John and Yoko's stuff is going to be. Like, I get the impression that Yoko's all over John. But also, no? she's a lot more of a part of Wings, right? Than... Well, this is what I was going to say. Later on, Linda's Linda is in it more. Mm. Okay, in Wings. Yeah, but in in Ram... she plays keyboards. In... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But she's she sings a lot more. Yeah. overall as, okay. as well. Um, but no, I mean, she just. Sound, I think their voices work well together. Yep. Is that is that a, is there a, a controversial point here or something? I, I, I've I've always loved Linda's vocals. I really okay. mm. I really like them. I think it's that sort of um, you know like Mo, Mo is, is it Mo Tucker that's like, you know Velvet Underground she sings a few songs like the drummer in right. Velvet Underground that sort of thing or like um, Meg White singing. Okay, you mean of, rough like yeah, but just like but, yeah, but just sweet like really nice. Yeah, not a bit. F- fragile yeah, but yeah, not yeah. in a weak way just kind okay. of like I've just always I've just always really liked that right. style of vocal so I really like I, I really really like right. Linda as well I think I'd have to hear an album where she's a bit more prominent to really have an opinion on it but on yeah. this it's fine as far as the album I, I also really liked the album listened to it a couple of times over the course of the last few months actually um, and there's a lot of experimental stuff but it sounds like a guy going to a farm and making an album. A yeah. guy who's an amazing songwriter but kind of just wants to have a bit of fun and do whatever. Yes. And there's something yeah. kind of nice about that. There is like, yeah, there is a a part of me that thinks like, oh, it might have been great if he just like really worked on some incredible songs, but obviously it wasn't where he was at in his life. It was totally, never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with perspective, you can appreciate how valuable that is when you have a, a career's worth of material. Whereas, you know... I guess whenever something comes out, everyone wants it to be the best thing that's ever been released. Whereas if you have a catalogue and you can look back, you're like, oh, great, that was an album from someone who was like, I just made Abbey Road. I'm just going to pick up a four track and put down an yeah. idea and then I'm done with the idea. Mm. It's it's out there. And there's going to be some gold. There's going to be some scrappy stuff. And there's going to be stuff that would never have been captured if it had been fucked around in the studio with for a month. And that's what really is the strength of this album. And in a way, I feel like it's... Like Paul is with a lot of his stuff, it was incredibly ahead of its time because, you know, it was like the first DIY indie album, really. Like, yeah. it's you know, it's just that 
he was one of the only people in the world who was in a position to be able to make an album like that because to he had the money. To lug yeah. his gear up to a farm in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, and also it wasn't, not a huge amount of it was recorded in Scotland. Some of it is recorded right. in Scotland from the initial demos. I think the first two or three tracks come from the initial demos, which is an interesting choice. Is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah the, the opening track is the scratch take he did. Yeah. That is the exact version. But then he came down and he recorded the rest in St. John's Wood in London. Right. I mean, it sounds, it really sounds like he, and don't mean this in a bad way, that he didn't give a shit. It's just yeah. like, yeah, okay, totally. first track on my first Post Beatles album, oh, I recall this weird, like, <laughs> yeah. almost, the first track almost felt like a loop. Like, it's just this, like, yeah. constant stuck in a loop line, guitar line and, and vocal part. And she's like, yeah, you can, yeah. You can start it with that. Take that, Beatles fans. Fuck you. <laughs> but I think what saves it for me, that song in particular, is it's so sweet. It just is like, I just want to write a song for my wife, who I really appreciate right now because everything else in my life is, like, kind of Falling a bit apart. uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it kind of works. Where if it was one of Paul's kind of more cheesy numbers where he's kind of taking the piss out of the audience, it would have come across as a lot more like, nah, that was a bit of a dick move, you know. Right. Well, when I was talking about the loop, actually, I was thinking of that would be something, which is also, so that was also oh, okay. an early yeah. take, was yes. it? Also a Scotland yes. song? Right. Love that song. So good. Yeah. He's he's obviously, well, like, he's very he's like very prolific uh, writer. Mm. So do you think at this point all these songs is just like getting everything off his chest because he's got rid of a lot yeah. in Let It Be, Abbey Road or whatever. Hmm. Uh, so you mean they're just like leftover scraps of ideas that he sort of thought, yeah. well, what do you mean emotionally? No, it's just... Just, just the stuff he'd had yeah, left over. Because yeah, because okay. all the songs, I mean, it's obviously all got the same vibe, but all the songs are quite different as well, you know? Mm, they're held together by the, the production, I yeah. guess. Um, but... They, yeah, there's quite a bit of variety on there. Maybe, I mean, maybe, I like, maybe he just did need to pay for another shearing shed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like all the songs, but they're not all at the, of the same caliber. Caliber, you know. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, uh, Teddy Boy is bad. That's the one song on the album that I thought, yeah, this, I don't need to ever hear this again. <laughs> but some of them are just magnificent. I mean, maybe I'm amazed is on this album, which was, I think, probably one of the like most iconic ones post Beatles. Yeah, yeah. and that's. Um, Maybe it's not as good as, I guess, Hey Jude or... I mean, I'd prefer it to some of the later stuff or whatever, but it's like, it's the one that would be, could be it on, would like, fit say... On it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it certainly stands out on this album. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It stands out kind of... But it's very different. That's the only one that feels songs. like it almost doesn't fit because it is so much more kind of harmonically complex. Mm, yeah, that's it. It's it's interesting the what they do with the same level of production because if you break it down, it's the same drum sound. It's the, like there's a bit of organ in there and a few more layers of vocals, but like it's not yeah. that more much more dense than everything else. But it does sound like more of a fleshed out song, and it's it it's quite interesting how they managed to make it stand out without that many extra layers of production. Mm. It just feels like a. Yeah, his his guitar solo on that's amazing. It's not oh, bad, yeah. So good. Is, it's is just he, classic. Is he like, known as a decent guitarist? Or yeah, well, or, he. I mean, he was younger, but you know, he played guitar originally. Right. Like yeah. everyone, I guess, was playing guitar then. And you then mean when just, he learned originally in the Beatles. In the Beatles. Right. Okay. So. Uh, oh really? I don't think I knew that. Yeah, and then they just needed a bass player, and, and right. John was, I guess, more of a alpha male or yeah, whatever okay, and Paul sure. was like yeah I'll just play the bass and then became the greatest bass player of basically all time yeah there are some so, amazing, yeah. amazing bass parts in this great yes. drums as well he's a really amazing good drummer drums, he's really yeah. really solid and it really sounds like um, it sounds like a band playing together which is really something when it, when it's a guy overdubbing himself <laughs> other songs that stood out um, I mean I really like that would be something because it, it doesn't have drums right It's it just has like a, a clap or a 
it's some kind of stomping of the percussion, yeah, yeah. but with a really prominent bass line. I really like that sound. It kind of has a very driving sound even without the drums, and it feels like that was just um, circumstantial. You know, he was probably on the farm and was just like, yeah, I'm just going to put down this idea because that is mm. one of the original demo ones. I Junk think, is is amazing. Junk's yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's very sad, but it's great. Well, that was the other thing is the lyrics in this are cr- kind of crushing. Like, mm. you can tell he wasn't doing well. He was pretty depressed and was drinking a lot. And Yeah. Um, Every night he wants to go out. And yeah. Go out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> that song actually made me really emotional listening to it today, thinking about the lyrics. That bit too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also, there's two versions of Junk on the album. One in, called Sing Along oh, yeah. Junk. Is yeah, the idea is the we're supposed to sing one. along to it? <laughs> is that? Okay, there's instrumental though. Uh, here you go, guys. Sing along to Junk. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It's the karaoke version. <laughs> Which I love. Yeah, it's it's I nice. The... I don't know if I need that song twice on the album. I don't like. I don't yearn to hear those chords again 20 minutes later. Did you listen to the archive collection of the uh, the one that didn't make it called Suicide? I didn't, know. No. That's on the end of uh, the Glasses track, right? Just a little snippet. Yeah. Well, he originally wrote that for Frank Sinatra to perform, did you know? Oh, really? Yes, he did. What, Glasses? Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Frankie. You didn't you know Frank Sinatra was a master glass player? <laughs> Run your fingers around these glasses. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned last week, but uh, Frank Sinatra covered every song and said like a journey at one point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I guess on the whole, I just I found myself being really excited to do this podcast, listening to this album. Not this episode, but it made me more excited about this podcast as a whole, just because like I almost forgot that Paul McCartney is just one of my favourite songwriters oh. and there's a lot of his songs I've never heard, yeah. which is weird. I think yeah. about the Beatles and they're just so formative for me and especially him, he always struck a chord with me. Yeah, and he, most of his songs, the vast majority of his yeah. songs you've ever heard. You haven't heard Why? the whole album of Kisses on the Bottom. <laughs> or Back to the Egg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, did always miss the egg. Was, was he in an egg? Ooh, baby. <laughs> We'll get to that. Later. If you're still <laughs> with, alert. if you're still with us, in a, I don't know how long would God, that be. Fuck you, perish the thought. Albums. Fuck yeah. an egg. It'd be a while. I think as well, if this album had been his like fourth or fifth solo record, that people probably would have accepted a lot mm. more easily because they would have had a context. Yeah, if he'd kind of maybe put out something a bit more clean or a bit more pop oriented before it. Um, but you know, like. At the end of the day, he was in a position to do whatever he wanted, and he did what he wanted, and that makes him makes his album as valuable as, as any other, really. Yeah, I don't think he, um, I don't think he rushed it out either. Though, even though it's low production and whatever, it doesn't sound like he was stressing to get it out. Right, like to beat the no, legend to it as such. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, might there be something in the? So, correct me if I'm wrong, but Let It Be was quite. Um, like ordained in the studio, right? By George Martin, was it? Like there's a lot of a lot of extra um, strings put on it, which then they all stripped back for the re-release a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, it's it's Phil Spector that did Phil the Spectre. the mix, and there was lots of controversy. Like with the rest of the band wanted Phil Spector, right, to take them that recordings and put the strings to it, and Paul McCartney wasn't happy at all with mm. the finished product of Let It Be, and that's why. He did let it be naked, you know, right? Really so I mean, maybe the 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 bareness of this could even be a almost a reaction to to that to show that yeah. well, I'm going to strip it back, guys. I don't need your I don't need 
Spectre and, no. his, and his orchestration. And his mad... I don't really know why... Phil Spencer's a bit natty, you know? I yeah. don't really know oh, you reckon? <laughs> but I don't know anything Didn't about... He... I don't really know anything about him. I don't know any of the stories. Right. Or, but he ended up, like, um, producing... You know, he, he, he produced All Things Must Pass. Phil Spectre did? Yeah. Oh, right. really? And oh, he... Shit. He did a Plastic Ono band. Right. I'm not sure if he did any others, actually. But, like, still the first, you know, first Lennon and George Harrison albums. Mm. And he also did, for sure, Instant Karma. I'm not sure if he did Cold Turkey. I'm pretty sure he did, though. Right. Definitely Instant Karma, though. And uh, Give Peace a Chance? I think it was just recorded by everyone there on their right. phones, you mm. know? Yeah, yeah, You know, oh, in, in 1969. Yeah. In bed. <laughs> Much like we are now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Um, but one point I really wanted to bring up, because this is pertinent to something you mentioned today, Jess, is that Valentine Day, I think the third track on the album, has a bit that sounds just like the Law and Order theme. Everything sounds like the Law and Order theme lately. It goes... <laughs> Not quite exactly. I mean, that was just the Law and Order theme. But anyone, any other takers? Any other Law and Order fans out there that might have... Maybe if I had a clarinet. <laughs> in line if only I was reading about the reactions and they the Wikipedia articles for these albums are really funny because they have all the reactions from the other Beatles for these records it seems. <laughs> right and it really gives you a snapshot of, of their personalities and John was just a cunt wasn't he he was kind of a bit of an asshole at he this had a point bit yeah. of a chip on his shoulder especially yeah. considering he's just brought out a, a, a song called Give Peace a Chance and then he goes that he says that Ringo Starr's first album was a waste of time and McCartney's was rubbish like yeah. mm. And they're supposed to be his, like, closest friends and, and like, working partners. Pocahontas <laughs> was the one, like, um, I think, actually, Ringo is who had said it in more recent years, maybe at the time as well, but he said it's it was Paul that they have to thank for making so much music in the later right, right. years. Well, you know? he did say he's he's got a lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he held it together, for sure. Like, on Abbey Road, Let It Be, John's songs are amazing yeah. on there. But it is mainly, they're mainly poor albums, mm. really, as a whole, I, I, I think you'd say. And then you've got Harrison's great, greatest stuff on there as well. For yeah. Sure. But. Oh, definitely, yeah. You you were saying, Cam, how, you know, you thought it might have been a reaction, His how stripped down this album was maybe a reaction to Spectre's production and all that. Mm. I like that it doesn't, it, if it was that, it, it would have felt like it was a bit more fine-tuned. You know, it would have felt like a bit more... Trying more of a fuck like you he was to show like I could, I can do this without your bells and whistles. Yeah, but also would have included a lot more kind of I don't know like showy songs. Whereas these right. songs are so simple that it it feels like a real kind of like this is mine. This is not anyone else's. I don't really need anyone to like it. And I think that's why it works for me as kind of a um, rather than I can do this myself. It's a hey, I need to make music, and if you guys aren't willing, I'm I'm okay to do this fine, by myself. I've got my la 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 lovely Linda. <laughs> That's all I need. Yeah. What's what's with the last song? What's going on there? It's like half a drum yeah, solo. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Some chimpanzee noises. It's it's great. Look, it's yeah, it's got something going on. It's um, I mean, it's just fucking about, I guess. And yeah. Just thought, why not? I just thought it stood out as a. Uh, it's quite long. Most of the because this album, it, it kind of has a. Uh, um, well, it's in very very short songs. Yeah, and it tends to go like kind of real song messing about song, real song messing about song. There's a few bits mm. in the middle that are a bit more. Bit more back-to-back, quote unquote. Songs. I don't think he spent much time on the track listing. Right, <laughs> just just put them together, alphabetical yeah. order. Um, but the last one, yeah, it stands out as being uh-huh. quite long. Okay, so the last song, uh, Queen Acrory. Ah, yeah, Acrory. 
Um, he said it was his attempt to sonically describe a hunt by the Crean Akrori tribes, people of the Brazilian Amazon, after he'd watched an ATV documentary of their way of life. Um, amid musical interludes featuring electric guitar, organ, and piano, McCartney used a bow and arrow he purchased at the Knightsbridge department store Harrods, according to engineer Robin Black. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hold on. He used a <laughs> bow and arrow. Section? It what? does no, no, not no, no, say. No, 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 no. What section at Harrods? Because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not. At the Knightsbridge department store, Harrods. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, it's the, in Knightsbridge. Yeah, yeah I know, but do you know what I <laughs> not thought? the department what of Harrods you, what, that sells Knightsbridges. No, but this is what I thought because I know it's in Knightsbridge. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. It's not open. I'm, is it open at the moment? I don't know. But I thought you meant like it was like a night, like a section that the Knightsbridge, <laughs> like a night section or something in, in Harrods that just used to be there. Get a Harrods has changed. Recreate some hunts. I mean, I've only how many times have I've been in Harrods? You tell is, me. Is that the one? Twice. No, Liberty's the one in I think Soto. it probably is twice. <laughs> is Harrods the one where I had really expensive sandwiches once? It's kind of out in West London a little bit. It's this literally no, right Harris next to the right station. Park. What station? Like Knightsbridge Station, pretty, yeah. opposite Highway. Opposite one Highway Park where I used to work. Oh, yeah? You what know we, that what place. We, what were you doing there? I was painting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I was in the basement. Um, no, I went to Harrods once and I had really expensive sandwiches. Mm. Um, and <laughs> but there were no I, so I went in there and I said can I um, can I see can, nice can I get a can I get a hunting <laughs> bow please <laughs> I like him as so a nice bridge a, a, a bow so and arrow he, bought, he used a bow and arrow he purchased there but it doesn't say what he used it for is it just saying can you buy a bow and arrow in Harrods now though a musical <laughs> could interludes you, I don't feel could you <laughs> I, don't I, don't know. I think you can and how much would it cost no. can you just buy weapons I don't think you can buy weapons at a shop it's surely not a bow and arrow especially not in the Knightsbridge department <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh no! This, I'm not having this. No. So okay, but you, you raise a good question there, though. He used it on the song. So is there someone that in their song? It doesn't say like he used it on like the song. A... He said amid musical interlude. So is it that he was shooting things while recording <laughs> guitar? Because if anyone could plot. do it, Paul could. <laughs> but it also says Linda contributed on this song to the breathing and animal like sound. Ah, uh, the breathing. Remember the breathing. That the breathing Linda. is actually quite prominent, actually. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's it's good. Good. The lovely Linda. What a voice! It, what a breather! <laughs> it made me um, feel like I was hyperventilating listening to it. Yes, totally. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah, yeah. I actually guess. went on a little daydream where I started thinking if I wanted to recreate that, I'd like to do it while I was running, so my heart rate was already mm. elevated, so that my breathing would match and I wouldn't run the risk of hyperventilating. So, so we so we just don't know how the the bow and arrow were used. There's no sound of like thong or whatever. Well, that's quite good. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I don't. I didn't notice. Okay. I wasn't reading that while I was listening to the track, so I mm. didn't. But I just thought it was a weird thing to read. Uh, yeah. I need. I just need to look up when Harrods is open now. Yeah, we've got to find out. We should take a day trip out to Harrods. Next episode, recorded in Harrods <laughs> in the sandwich section. <laughs> we are in Knightsbridge now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we didn't really clearly explain our um, our rating system last week. Mm. Um, well, we're going to do one to ten, but we've decided to one to one to temporary secretary, which is one of the best Paul songs. songs of all time. I yeah, mean, it is. It's the, well, not just the best Paul song. That's true. Best not even the best time. post Beatles. One of maybe the the best song. The greatest. One of, of music the greatest in songs history. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Just. So, uh, a ten, temporary secretary, like one less than temporary secretary is nine. No. No? Not necessarily. Okay, so it could be... It's like up to your interpretation. One, two, three, blah, 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 37, 38, temporary secretary. Uh, 
Is it? Sure. Because I was I was going to say that I need to change my score from last week. Oh yeah, because score from I was last week? five. I, I said five. I just can't do that. No, I think we just have to be true to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. I think if you felt five, it's a five. If the if all things must pass is a thirty-seven, then it's a thirty-seven. But how then? When would it make te- temporary secretary? Well, we'll know that when we get some ah. carnies too. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, what would you rate it, Cam? This album. Uh, I think Paul McCartney's first solo album, McCartney, would from from a scale of one to temporary secretary, <laughs> I would give it. I would give it seven. I give it seven. Yeah, I'm thinking about the same. Yeah. Um, I really like. I kind of like the idea of it a little bit more than I like the album itself. Just a little bit. Just because mm. I think. Really looking back, again, it's very groundbreaking for what it was. It was it was a real reaction to what had come before from his own career and from, you know, other artists in the DIY sense without feeling like a, hey, look what I can do statement. It really felt smaller than that. And it was a real, it seemed very real. Like I thought about, what do I know about Paul from his lyrics before this album? And the answer is not a huge amount. Like some lyricists, you learn a lot about who they are. I was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about Stevie Wonder and saying, like, there's no artist where you know more about who he is as a person than Stevie Wonder. Like, you hear his lyrics and you really know. Whereas you listen to someone like Michael Jackson or Prince or uh, Freddie Mercury or someone, and you would, like, it's all kind of a bit of an act. He's a speed demon, but I don't... That's right. What what kind of Is he bad or not? (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's, you kind of, you know, it's a bit more of a persona. And I thought about this, that listening to this album today, I thought, like, is this... Is this the first time I've really thought, oh, I I'm getting, I'm getting a glimpse of what Paul is actually like as a person through this music, you know? It sure. really made me feel quite introspective about him, whereas before it was a bit more about uh, an anthem for the people, you know, there's a lot of those. Or a story, like he loves telling a story. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily about himself. So I think, having said that, I think I'm going to give it an eight. Oh. I Ooh. think it's, yeah. I just, Eight yeah. out of ten yeah. sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> because I, yeah, I just I really like, I think some of the songs are a bit, duds but um on the whole i think if he abandoned the the kind of ethos around the album it would have been to a detriment of the rest of the songs and so i will take a couple of duds if it means you get something like um every night every or night. or uh i don't want to go out <laughs> uh what is it get every out of my- <laughs> Every night I'm going to Knightsbridge. Or junk. Get or. Eating my sandwiches. Yeah, so I think you'd miss some of those gems uh, Look, earlier got, in the album. I've got to say as well, when you think about like what else could he have followed up the Beatles with, I don't know if I'd Ram? want him to follow up. Well, yeah, like, would I want him, want him to have followed up with, a, with <laughs> an album full of back-to-back bangers? I don't know. He doesn't have to. Doesn't yeah, have to and where where have you got to go after that? Exactly. What's the, then the, the, the focus is on the second record, if that can match the first. You know, like, it feels almost better to have a more personal, simpler album first and then start to develop yourself as an artist more as you move on. I have thought that... Which is kind of what he did. Before, like, imagine if... Because, like, I guess from his post-Beatles stuff, Band on the Run is the most iconic, iconic yeah. album, yeah? So what if I, Band on the Run was his first yeah. solo album? I guess it would have been just as popular and everyone would have loved it, but it wasn't him at the time, was it? So it wouldn't mm. have meant as much. Mm. I don't know. It, yeah, and it's of course, a strange one. That of course, know. also he was never going to be able to make that album then because it took a bit more 
to get his confidence his, back. Yeah, I don't even know if confidence is the right word. I mean, who knows what he was feeling musically, but, you know, I guess just the experience outside that to develop his own sound himself and, and also not to mention the mental state. Like, he never would have been able to make more kind of joyous songs until he'd kind of gone through this and, period. A man has to shear a lot of sheep before he can get to that stage. That's what they say in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jack? I, I, I do... I, I do regret my score on it last week. I've had sleepless nights about it. Sorry, because you wish it was lower or higher? It was. It, was, it had to be lower. It had to be lower, it right. Be yeah, lower. well, I gave him three, didn't I? I think I was right on track there. I think you were. I said four. I think I... Because you need space to, to grow. And This is why the the, uh, the rating system is up to interpretation. I know. Uh, sure. Okay, let's just say it. If, if I could change my score... No, you're not changing it. If I could change my <laughs> score from last week... I would change it, I think, to a three, maybe a two point five. If, if that's decimal shit. Okay, okay. And then I would put this as a five. If I can't change it, then I would. I think I'd put this as a seven as well. I think from now on, your scoring system has to all be relative to the fact that Ringo Starr's <laughs> "Sentimental Journey" is a five out of temporary secretaries. Okay. Yeah. Then agreed. that's okay. That then. means that temporary secretary is now the whatever new num- number you want it to be. Oh, and it's up to the countless listeners out there to determine <laughs> what that I is. I literally can't count them. <laughs> 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 all right, I'll say seven. I'll, say, I'll give it a seven for okay. sure. I like it. I like it a lot, and I think I've yeah. enjoyed it much more. Or maybe appreciated much more listening back this last couple mm. of weeks as I well. Can, I can really imagine putting a record on of this album. Something about it. Yeah. Oh, I totally. Put a record on. Yeah. Do you have this on vinyl, Jack? I don't. Oh, I mean, I, look. Do you think I it's know. it's worth? It is. Yeah. I only have I, I have Ram and Band on the Run. Okay. That's it. Well, they're missing vinyl. McCartney. Yeah. And two, obviously. I yeah. Why don't I have Paul McCartney too? I don't know. Um, yeah, neither do I. I guess it's just not for sale in the uh, the Dalston record shops that you frequent. Don't give away my well, I'm like, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, how are you going to get your... Uh, the people will find us. ...original pressings of in the court of the Crimson King now? Guy was selling a chair the other day, yeah? Mm. And she sold a lot of stuff the other day. She's leaving. This is my flatmate, Guy. <laughs> Jess is moving in with me, actually. Yeah! Yeah. Oh, these podcasts uh, are coming out thick and fast. And... Um, <laughs> And yeah, and she just put, took a picture of it. Was it a chair? It doesn't matter. It was something. I think it was a chair. Is it furniture though? It was definitely furniture. Okay. Maybe it wasn't it. Maybe it was like dehumidifier. Dehumidifier. That's the Swedish word for it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And all my records were in the background. And then she got messages saying, "Oh, so do you want the records for sale?" No, <laughs> no way. Jack, you're like, a fucking Gumtree superstar. What the fuck? Like, leave, leave, well, leave Guy alone. But I got, I got a bit angry. Leave <laughs> me out of this. Do you know what I mean? I'm like angry. You think the records are included in the fifteen pound asking price? This piece of shit chair. Come on. <laughs> Good lord, I Guy doesn't listen to this. Judging her chairs. Oh, she sold it. All right. <laughs> That's true. But anyway, so I guess they saw that there was a couple of uh, Paul McCartney records. They must have done, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were maybe under the mistaken impression that Paul McCartney's 2 was in there. Yeah. Because that's the sort of thing that would get a stranger writing to you on Gumtree, isn't it? It's probably Wham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a record with a Wham, Wham rap on it? Uh, yeah, two of them, because one of them's a greatest hit. Oh, okay. It's an yeah, important yeah, song yeah. to have twice, isn't it? It is. I think they're two different versions, well, one slightly longer. Oh, okay, yeah. More rapping or just more instrumental? Just more instrumental. Okay. Much more instrumental. It, just to clarify, George Michael raps, Yeah. Right? Okay. Hey, everybody, take a look at me. i got street credibility. That is not true. <laughs> he proved himself wrong with his own lyrics. That's I incredible. might not have a job, but I have a good time with the boys that I meet down on the line. On the line? Hey, jerk, you work. 
Hey, Chuck, you This are. boy's got better things to do. And then there's the... <laughs> so, hang on. Yeah, it's kind of the song for the for the furlough generation, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, Jerk, you work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Welcome to Hey, Jerk, You Work, the post-wham podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this hasn't been working. We're doing it. We've changed the idea. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess... So, we're going to do a, another song this week from this record. Every night. Every night. Um, yes. Which I think, for me, what I liked about it was... First of all, I really liked the idea of singing the chorus all together. And the mm. little woo-woos. It's kind of a nice little sing-along part. And also, it really seems to capture the mood he was probably in at the time. Which is like, feel like shit. My head's not in the game. I just want to kind of get fucked up and, and not think about anything. But I love my wife and I've I'm really glad. La, 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 lovely Linda. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so. Not how that song it's, goes. Yeah, it's become the La Bamba, you know what I mean? <laughs> la la la, lovely Linda, lovely Linda, lovely Linda, lovely uh, Linda. So with that, we'll we'll see you next week. Uh, what's next week? Oh well, I mean, you'll just have to wait and find out, I guess. But it's a, it's a good one, <laughs> is it? If, if you it's... enjoyed, if you enjoyed last week, <laughs> you're gonna. Love, I mean, maybe possibly love the uh, next week. Yeah, it's uh, it's another Ringo Starr album, the one and only Bokus of Blues. Sweet. Well, looking forward to it. And until then... That makes one of us. Blackbird! (laughs) Blackbird, (laughs) bye-bye! Morning.